Welcome to the Double Take Podcast. Thanks for clicking that play button. If you like anything that you hear today, do us a solid and share this episode with one friend and you can let them join in on the action. But on today's show, we're diving into Chef starring John Favreau. He both stars and directs this film. Chef was such a fun movie to watch. So join me and the boys as we break down the finer points of this underrated movie. Let's get cooking. This huh? There's carne asada. Check it out. Wow. Chef Big Dog up all night cooking. Shut up and taste this, some amuse douche. Come here, guy. Look at that. You like it? Yeah. yeah. We're going to cook like this. We're being reviewed by the most important critic in the city. Now suddenly you're going to be an artist. Well, be an artist on your own time. It's my restaurant. Are you threatening to fire me now? I'm telling you what I'm prepared to do if you don't cook my menu. It's up. It's up. Good. Reviews out. His dramatic... Weight gain can only be explained by the fact that he must be eating all the food sent back to the kitchen. Do you like what they wrote about you? I don't like it either. Who cares? I do, because I could have done better. I should have cooked food that I was going to cook. Hey, 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 what are you doing? This don't guy. do it. What are, you, what are you writing? Chef, don't. That's not a good listen, idea. I'll, Just listen. I won't send it until we all say it's okay. Why don't you come by again tonight? I got a whole new menu just for you. No, no, that's man. not good. Hey, give me the phone. Give me the phone. Don't do it. That's out there now, this bro. What happens? Why would you do you that? You can't take that back. Dad, did you post anything since last night? You gotta be kidding me. Wow. You realize how many people have read this? You're trending, bro. You're never going to be happy cooking for someone else. Food truck's a great idea. We're talking about a white-on-white, 88 Chevy Grumman food truck. It's a blank canvas for your dreams. I'm going to have him pull it around. Thank you. Don't thank me till you see it. So what are you going to do? You're going to laugh. Tony, Carl's got a taco truck. For real? <laughs> I was so jealous. When I heard your voice, I was like, that's what I want to do. people's lives with what I do and I love it and I want to share this with you you ever try andouille sausage no it's spicy you like spicy no it's not so spicy come on all right well listen here we are we are breaking down the movie chef today so if you're not sure of this movie this is the John Favreau film I am one of your hosts Mark I'm also here with my forever co-host of the Double Take. I got Terrence with me today, and we have special guest Marty with us. Marty, good morning. How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. I cannot. I'm I'm fired up. I cannot wait to talk about this movie. Cool. Well, this this was your pick, so we got a lot of high expectations right for you, right? Terrence, what's up, man? How about you? I'm doing great, Mark. Also, very excited for this movie. It's a awesome movie, and I'm excited to talk to you as always, and Marty also. I find talking about movies is fun, and I don't really care what the movie is, I'll be honest. I think you, if it's an entertaining movie and we can break it down or pick it apart or raise it up, whatever we got to do, I'm in for that. I like it so much we made a podcast about it. So We're going to have to test it one day. We've only done movies we love so far. We should just pick like the worst movie, and I'll bet we can still knock out two hours of great I think so. I think so, it. too, yeah. You know, but that's okay too because it doesn't have to be the perfect movie. We can still break it down and exactly. be like, I don't understand why this is happening. Like, that's, you know what? That's going to be a future episode. We're going to do that. All right. Anyway, so here we go. We're looking at Chef. 
Terrence here is going to break down the plot real quick. Tell us what it's about. Yeah, Chef's a pretty simple, feel-good movie. It's about guy kind of rediscovering who he is. Uh, John Favreau writes, directs, and stars in it. Early in the movie, loses his job as a head chef at a very nice restaurant. And he kind of goes on this process of self-discovery of he gets a food truck, he goes around the country, he reconnects with his young son. And yes, it's it's one of the best feel-good movies out there. I thought it gave a good message. Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. What do you think, Marty? You like this? Uh, what's your what's your overall thoughts on this on this movie? I love this movie simply because I'm a story guy, and if you tell me a good story, you you have me. And there's nothing uh, but great storytelling in this movie. As much as I like to tell stories, I like to listen to them. I like to watch them. This story grabs you from the very beginning. Not with explosions or anything else, but the characters are so well drawn and they interact in such a particular way that you root for the good guys, you hate the bad guys. Um, it's just a great story, and that's why I love it so much. I think that can be accounted to John Favreau too. I mean, no this, doubt. I mean, we'll get into him a little bit in, in a bit, but he's. I mean, I'm telling you, anything this guy's in, take my money. I'm in. I yeah, mean, he's had a great career. I mean, he, he's. I always enjoy when he's in a movie acting. He's been a director of a lot of movies I really like, producer. He, yeah. He's a he's a fun Hollywood presence. Like this this movie's a very like I said a feel good movie. It's like a family story. He he's also we'll get into the other things he's done. Iron Man and the MCU, the Mandalorian, all kinds of things. So, yeah, if I see his name attached, I'm usually first in line. Yeah, same thing. I am kind of hoping he eventually takes over Star Wars from right. Disney. Yeah. Right. He's working on it. And just to sidetrack for a moment about Star Wars, because it's a it's a passion of mine and I'm sure it is for you guys as well. Hmm? You know, I mean Dave Filoni obviously is the is the brain. Like he's he's in George Lucas's head. But what you have is you have Favreau to come in to do the 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 production, the political piece, the the movie creation. I mean, he's the guy that's gonna be the studio exec and Filoni's gonna be the creative guy. So you put those two in charge of Star Wars or Pretty much anything. They can be, you can do a Barbie channel at this point and they're probably <laughs> going to make it interesting. You know what I mean? I'm in for whatever they got going on. Just let me know how much I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought that what this movie did for me was, and this is probably Favreau because who he is, having the, the, the cast of this movie was fantastic. And when you have these awesome actors in there, even for small parts, it just makes the movie so better. So, so better. It makes the movie so much better. <laughs> movie you know good. I mean? yeah. <laughs> movie so good. Entertained. <laughs> Mark happy. <laughs> you know, but I think that's the value that, that Favreau brings to his to his production. All right, so real quick here, we'll just get into some of the quick, like what else was going on. So this movie came out May of 2014. So we're looking at almost 10 years ago. It was about $11 million budget to make this movie. It made about $46 million in the box office, which is great. You wouldn't expect it. It wasn't a high-ranking movie. It wasn't in the top 20 or 30. Like, it was nothing. best movie of 2014 was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. That was the first one that came out. That did, just in comparison, $332 million. But you also had Hunger Games was that year, uh, Mockingjay Part 1, Winter Soldier, so Captain America 2, essentially, right? The Lego movie, if you're... If you're into that, it's entertaining enough, right? Lego movie rules. Don't be slandering yeah. the Lego <laughs> movie. Right, right. I wasn't uh, sure uh, you guys uh, stand uh, on dude, cartoons, dude. you know? <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. Um, Transformers Age of Extinction what was like the fourth one or something. I don't even know. Like beyond the first one, maybe the second. Yeah, they lost yeah. me after that. Yeah, yeah. I thought the first two with Shia LaBeouf were really good. But the other movie I wrote down on here, and I'm not, I don't remember the numbers it did, but one of the better X-Men movies, Days of Future Past. Okay. I thought that was one of the better x-men movies that they put out there you listen to that list of movies you just read though mark like it's all like 
superhero, big screen, like yeah. like huge budget. Chef fills like the perfect niche in that year. Like you you didn't mention any other like kind of little movie that could like this. Like yeah. this kind of snuck up. It was a sleeper hit. I know the box office has been taken over in the last decade or so by superhero movies and things of that ilk, but this this movie like they need more movies like this. I'm sure you'll agree, Marty. This this is the kind of movie that can really like kind of grab hold of you even though it's not like something that's going to do 500 million dollars or whatever at the box office. I find that when I talk to people and I let it drop that I love Chef. I love this movie. The people who say, "No way, I love that movie too." And then I ask the question, "Did you see it in the theater?" And they always say no, and neither did I. Okay? <laughs> it's not like I went to the movie theater and saw Chef. I saw it in my living room with my daughter, and we were like, "Where did this come from?" And it's been in our DNA ever since. Um, so I, I, I fully admit I did not plunk down my whatever dollars to go see it on the big screen. But I think you make a good point. This is the little movie that could and did and delivered. Um, when I do meet people who love the movie, they actually didn't see it in a theater. Yeah, I didn't either. But I, I gave my money recently because I had to rent it from – from Amazon Prime. Yeah, so same here. They got my four bucks or whatever. <laughs> so I think we've been trained a little now. Like movies have been eventized to where it's like, oh, I got to go see the newest Marvel movie, the newest Jurassic World movie, whatever it is. <laughs> like the, the these small movies like this, I think there's a mindset from a lot of people of, oh, I can just wait till it's streaming. Like that 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 might seem like a better movie to just watch on my couch. Yeah, which. Your mileage may vary on that. Like this, I, I actually did see this in the movies. I, I try to go to movies whenever I can. But so this one, but like it's not like it had a big marketing budget. It's not like it was really pushed or promoted the way that some of these Marvel movies and things are. Yeah. So, but but Marty, you say anytime you ask someone about this movie, have you ever asked somebody about this movie and they're like, "Oh, I hate Chef." There's no way, no, right? Like I've almost everybody. Pe- I, I've met people that are like, "No, I've never seen this. Please stop asking." But me if they've questions. seen it, they love it, right? And if they've seen it. They're into it. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "What was it?" People will tell me stuff about the movie that I already know, but then we start to geek out. They're like, "Did you know that Scarlett Johansson's in that movie, man?" I'm like, <laughs> "Actually, I do." And she, 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 she's she's completely immersed into that role, and she has what 15 lines maximum. Yeah, maximum. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a lot of big names. Dustin Hoffman is in that movie. Most people will say. Either they never saw it or that they did. Like, I don't think anyone nerds out it as hard as I do, but they, <laughs> they, they do enjoy it. When you and I were talking about, like, movies and you mentioned Chef, your description of it was perfect. A little movie that could. Why, right? thank you, Mark. I like, <laughs> I like to think of it, too, as, like, this was a movie for, for adults, essentially, right? Like, it's not about CGI and, you know, the big explosion. So when you think about the people that are in this movie, you appreciate it for what it is. Like, it's it's acting. It's it has a good message. It's good writing. It's, it's it's fantastic. Everything you guys said, I'm movie good. Mark happy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, good podcast, guys. Yeah, See you next time. Thanks for, thanks for checking in. The- yeah. <laughs> Dude, not um, bad. Let's talk about John Favreau for a minute, right? Because he's the, the, the brain behind anything good these days for the most part, right? This is a guy, I'm a season ticket holder to John Favreau. Like, if he's doing something, I'm in for that. He got his start, uh, one of the first movies and – Terrence, you'll probably correct me on this, but Rudy was one of the first ones that I yeah. noticed him in. Dude, that's right? awesome like, right. part in Rudy. So that's 1993, like when you go back that far. Uh, he had a small part in PCU. Not really a small part, but he was in PCU. 
he was Gutter in PCU, yep. which was with Jeremy Piven. I don't know if you've seen that. It's I would say an adult movie is more of a straight to VHS. Like it, it's an incredible <laughs> yeah, movie. College and I, comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like you're talking Jeremy Piven before he was Ari Gold. Like this led him to being Ari Gold in Entourage. So fantastic PCU movie, anyways. But so then he did that. Swingers was his kind of breakout movie. Oh yeah, with man. him yeah. and you know, oh, him yeah. and Vince, right? He also did. You've watched Made. I think we might have been talking about this before. Yeah. Um. So Made was a, another one that Favreau Saw, wrote, directed. Great you, movie. You've seen that, of course you have. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know why I'm questioning you at this point. That's, right. like you, that's perfectly okay. <laughs> You've earned the spot. You know. Question away. Yeah. But anyway, like you know, I mean, Elf was a, a, was another big one that he, that he did. Huge one. And that don't undersell that. Elf well, was monstrous. Probably the better one of the best Christmas movies out there. Yep. You know, unless you're from the. 50s and 60s, and you're big into the the old school ones. But if you walk up to somebody and just scream at them, you're sitting on a throne of lies. Yeah, there's so <laughs> you many are lies. stuck for the next 25 yeah. minutes talking about that movie. And I like how, and this is a big thing for Terrence too. Like I like when the director shows up in the movie for like small roles. Like he's, a, I think he's the doctor. I think he's James Con's yeah. doctor and Elf. Mm-hmm. You know, so he makes his little appearances. You know, when Favreau came out and did Iron Man, he changed the way that things happen. Like. That's the he, first MCU movie, ain't it? It was that's what yeah, started. It was yeah, it definitely it was. And but like his pull where they wanted to get he wanted Robert Downer Jr. and the studio's like, no, he's too much of a liability and he fought for it. And I mean the rest is the rest. Yeah, is you history. can't imagine it any other way now. Yeah. No. Who no. else could be Iron who else could be Tony Stark? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody, man. Nobody. They, they, you can speculate all you want to, but no chance. But yeah, then he got into some things like everything he did at that point was if it wasn't already, like he just it just turned to gold. I love I love Favreau for what he what he brings to the table and what he does. If you take a look at Iron Man, is it fair to say that that's when the flux capacitor lit up and he makes the jump? If I'm mixing metaphors here, if he <laughs> makes the jump to light speed, okay, he is that fair or had he done something that big beforehand? I don't know. He, I think, up until that point. He was just building up his uh, his social currency, if you will. I guess so. You know what I mean? But Elf no, was that, after Iron Man, right? Before. Elf was, was 03. It? Okay. If you can believe that's been that long. Yeah, those those two, I think, really solidified him. The thing with Elf is like you, you know he did it because we just know who he is. But I think Iron Man, he got more name recognition. Yeah, because of Because that movie did whatever billions of Yeah, billions how, or, how big the MCU has become yeah. as a result. Elf is that forever Christmas movie that no doubt you know taken over for Christmas story in my opinion you know what I mean like it's fantastic. Yeah. But you talk about like you like when the director shows up in the movie like not that he's directed all of them but John Favreau is also happy like kind of Robert Downey's sidekick or, well I don't know if sidekick's the right word but yeah he shows up in many uh, he's in the Spider Man movies he's in a lot of the Avengers movies and everything in that universe so like we kind of keep seeing even if John Favreau is not like. Front and center on the screen, we've seen a lot of him. Like he keeps appearing; he's he's ever present in our movie going experience for the best. Yeah. Well, because he's and a, he's a good actor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Couples Retreat, him and Vince Vaughn wrote that movie. Yep, you know that was pretty good. He was a voice in uh, the Clone Wars, which led into the Mandalorian. Um, I don't know if I'm telling you anything you don't know, but the guy that kind of invented "I'm going to sneak into my own movie" was Alfred Hitchcock. Really, Alfred Hitchcock. Do YouTube it. Do yourself a favor. Alfred Hitchcock never has a line, maybe has a word, but almost never has a line. And in a train station, there'll be a wide shot, and you got to find him. And yeah. he's in there. And people were like, It's cool. Dude is nuts. No, he's <laughs> not. Dude's a genius. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's putting his personal thumbprint 
so you see he's in his own movie, which at the time was uh, the audacity to put the director's going to like walk in front of the camera. That's ridiculous. No, it ain't. Ask John Favreau. Yeah. Ask yeah. your boy. I didn't know that. You know, and that's such, it's, it's kind of a, it's a move now. Like you see that in a lot of movies when you start and you're going to notice it. Anyone listening or even us, if you know who the director is, if you know what they look like. You're going to see them in the movie. Like, we just did it in Warrior. He plays a part in, yeah, that's he plays right. part in Warrior. The dude from, uh, and I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but the dude from Old School. Like, we love Old School, right? Oh, yeah. The he director's the one that comes to in the, the door. Yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, I'm here for the gangbang. Like, like, that's the director. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know who does that a lot? M. Knight. M. Knight uh, yeah. Shyamalan oh, yeah. does that, if I'm saying that correctly. But he has actually put himself in pivotal roles. Not pivotal. They're small but they make a difference in the story. In uh, Signs, uh, what's-his-name's Mel Gibson's wife is pinned up against a tree, and she's going to die. You don't walk away from that. And the guy that hit her is sitting by yeah, the side of the M. road. That's M. Night, man. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. So we were talking about The Mandalorian a little bit. So he was editing The Lion King, and he went and he went to Disney, and he pitched Mandalorian, and he had like the first episode essentially written – well, they hadn't decided yet. They said, okay, well, we'll get back to you. And they said, but don't – like, he couldn't leave the area. I think I don't know, it must have been L.A. or something, right, because they were editing Lion King. So whatever, it's all CGI if you've seen that version of Lion King, mm-hmm. right? But so he had to be there to, like, approve the shots or maybe he was doing editing himself. So he – before Disney even approved him for Mandalorian, he wrote the next three or four episodes of Mandalorian in there. Wow. And so when they finally came back and they said, okay, you're approved, he's like, cool, because I have the season one essentially done. So I just love his uh, like tenacity and like you just know at that point. Like, yeah. you know, if you have something, uh, hey, studio, you want to make money, like, I got you. You know what I mean? Then I got a good story to tell. And I think we see that a lot come out in this movie, like John Favreau's work ethic. Like he trained to be a chef. He trained with a professional chef. He worked in a kitchen. Like you're talking about that, like how he's like prepared. He's overprepared. He's ready. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure in Hollywood with all the red tape, something like Star Wars, you can't. You can't do something with Star Wars without a hundred people. You approving can't train it. to be a Jedi. Before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is what? there a Jedi Academy? What you know? now? Is that yeah. true? You can't. That's not real. <laughs> I, I watch Star Wars like it's a documentary. Man. I, 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 I don't care. We're ruining that Marty's is, childhood. That yeah, is, that what have you done? Real. I was ten. I was ten when the Imperial cruiser comes over your head. You take it back, and, Terrence. And, take it back right now. And I'm like, dude, things has changed. You know what I mean? That that put the that put the mark on me forever. I was the demographic. But you know what? Like Star Wars, even that, like that was kind of in crisis. Like the newest trilogy of movies they did were kind of hit or miss all over the place. Like they weren't critically lauded. And then Favreau came in with Mandalorian and it's pretty much universally loved by Star Wars fans. It brought new people into the fold. So he, I think you said before, whatever he touches turns to gold. Like he, he really does. He, he brings it. Well, you know, and that's part of, um, part of Filoni too, because Dave Filoni somehow lives inside of George Lucas's head. Like, so George Lucas's vision of, when he came out with A New Hope and you're talking in the right. 70s, right? Like he had a vision of nine movies. Right. You know, and he had partially things written. So, and, and I know we're getting into Star Wars here, but I think part of the problem was when he did the first couple of Star Wars. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to get to Star Wars. We're going to skip over that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, that's going to take this conversation to a whole other level. But cool. Um, what Favreau does, he brings that to the table and he, he built up enough cred, I think. To Do you think he's got a, a pretty much a blank check? In Hollywood, among the production people that are like, hey, man, if you want to do it, I want to be a part of it. It's like Probably Wes Anderson. 
Wes Anderson clearly has a no oversight committee working with yeah, him. Like Steven Spielberg. Dude, right? Just, yeah. just make, Wes, whatever you want to do, just hand it in and we'll put it on a screen. Yeah. yeah. And we'll all find out together what you thought about. I think Favreau's in that league, man. Uh, in fact, I think Favreau's uh, maybe the league leader in that situation. Well, he's so versatile. Massive- like, you, like Wes Anderson. I, I love his movies, but he's got a very particular <laughs> style. It, that you could watch five seconds of a Wes Anderson movie. You know it's a Wes Anderson movie. Right. John Favreau, sh- sh- the difference between Chef and The Mandalorian and Swingers and all, all the different things he's done, it's like he's yeah. capable of pretty much anything. There's not a lot of yeah. guys you could say that for. I would agree. And I don't think he's like he's not cocky about it. He stays, you know, street level, so to speak, with with his work. You know yeah. What I mean? For a chef, like you said, he got in. He worked with a chef on this. Like, and when he went to the guy, I don't know if you listened to any interviews with with the chef, but when they asked the chef to do it, cooks or, or chefs don't get portrayed well. They don't show kitchen scenes correctly on movies. You know, as someone who's a chef is saying this, so he's like, "If we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right." And then John's like, "I'm in." Like, yeah, show me how to do it right. So he trained to be. To be a chef on those. You the know. guy's name is Roy Choi. Roy Choi. Yep. And right. Roy was, uh, the legend has it, I don't know, I wasn't there. I'm not friends with Gwyneth Paltrow. But apparently Oh, man, she you, you're bro- missing out. She's great. Is, is she? <laughs> I, I heard she's very nice. She's coming over yeah, Thanksgiving. Nice. I yeah. heard she's very nice. <laughs> and she brought a food truck to the set. Kobe. Of, and Roy was back there making his stuff. And Favreau said to himself, I got to be a part of this. And at the end of Chef, if you wait to the end of the credits, you watch him standing next to Roy Choi as Roy Choi goes absolutely, I don't want to say psycho, but he is into it making a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. That's it. He's making a grilled cheese sandwich and it's going to be perfect. And it perfectly sums up his his ethic. And if you go back in time to the first shot of the movie, not the first shot, but it's within the first, I guess, minute and a half, there's a dude who is just chopping, maybe yeah. it's a cucumber or something like that, like a crazy person. And the camera pulls back, and it's Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't faking that. No. Well, that's, that's actually one of the notes I had on there was, um, I first I'm like, is this a stunt double coming in? Because you're right. It was, uh, I, I don't know if it was a uh, zucchini. Because <laughs> I looked, and I'm like, I'm like, dang. I'm like, because, you know, I've worked in kitchens, and I'm like, I, I'm not that fast. I don't need to be that. Oh no! But I, you watch him do no it, way, and like he brings the knuckles back, like everything. Like if you know anything about it, it's like it's awesome. It's awesome. Killer. Oh, let's get into some of the subcasts of this movie, right? So this is—I don't know if Favreau gets these people because it's Favreau, and much like we said, if he says, "Hey, I'm doing a movie, I got a small part. Who wants in?" and people are like just throwing themselves, "I'll do it for free," I, you know what? I don't know. His ex-wife is played by Sophie. Sophia, Sophia Vergara. Vergara. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Modern Family obviously was her her big thing. I th- she was fine in this. I mean, she's she wasn't annoying. She's not like what's that go Fran Drescher annoying? Like she's not oh, quite at that level of no, annoying no, voice no, no, yet. No. <laughs> the, the first recorded instance of Sophia Vergara and Fran Drescher being put in the same. Sentence. Oh my god! <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But uh, I thought she was a good cast. I mean, again, small role. One of my favorites in here was uh, is Leguizamo. I mean, this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. This guy's a comedian. Everything he shows you know? up in, he's great. Yeah. He steals every scene he's in, okay? If, if he's got a line, every, every, every eyeball goes to him immediately. He's good. And he's also the heart of the movie. To my way of thinking, he's the audience speaking. When Favreau, at the end of the movie, meets the dude who destroyed him, 
it's Leguizamo who's smoking a cigarette saying, hey, man, that was 10 minutes of you not punching this dude <laughs> in the face, <laughs> which is what the audience is saying, man. Yeah. He's kind of like the Greek chorus. Um, he also drops everything yeah. and goes to work for his man. Who and, could ask for a better friend than that? He is the heart of the film. He's yeah. the glue guy. He's been in a lot of things, too. Like That's why I say like, he's, a, he's a great voice actor. He's a comedian. You know, and but he's played some serious sort of roles as well, where like you can like he's very believable in his role. And that's why I say chameleon. Fun fact about him too: he started in a Madonna video back in the eighties, um, so he was in there. Um, I didn't know this, but I guess he had a small part in Die Hard Two. I was trying to remember who he was in there, but I think he was just one of the henchmen or something. So uh, it's gonna force me to go watch Die Hard Two, which, yeah. which is a good one too. That's the airport one. Oh yeah, you know? underrated. But you probably saw the old the initial Super Mario Brothers movie that was ninety three. Let's not talk about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember Carlito's Way? Yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. He was end up being the villain in that at the end. But yeah, he's been in a couple different things. I mean, I have kids around the age when Ice Age was out. Yeah, so he was Sid the Sloth, so I know him mainly from that. Like when you hear his voice, like that's who I think about. You know, small appearance in John Wick too. I don't know if he was in. Uh, yep, he fixed his car up or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, so he's great. Scarlett Johansson, who uh, we were talking a little bit about earlier, small role. She's the hostess. You know what I mean? And I, I couldn't. I think they were dating in this. I, I couldn't. You didn't see them. Like, yeah, they don't get too anything, into it. But, but, but yeah, she's she's but a she's in love this interest. But she's an apartment at one point wearing like just a t shirt. So I have to assume. Anyway, so just her playing the small role, I think, was great because you could get anybody for this role. You know, like this is just John Favreau being John Favreau, right? Swinging his D around, right. pulling in big names. You know what I mean? I think they want to be in his deal. I think they want to be in his orbit. And I don't know who he is or how he is to work with. But um, his ability to pull in Leguizamo for a major part. But if you look at the you look at Oliver Platt, who plays yep. like the food critic. Another guy this that's guy's always no good. joke. This guy's no joke. Scarlett Johansson. We all know that she's a, she's a household name. Robert Downey if, Jr. Robert Downey Jr. If you need him, and Dustin Hoffman, yeah. dude, that is some bench. Yeah, he he's the actor's actor. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy that if it's not a juicy role for him, you know he's he's not interested. So I can only imagine how many like how much ad lib did he do with that? It's like, hey, here's the here's the premise of what we want. Come in here and yell at me about the menu or whatever. Figure it out. And like the two of them just. It's fantastic. Yeah. He's like, oh, can I give you some advice? I don't need advice. I need some space. Like, leave me alone. And it, it's just an awesome. Oz is like, I think, what, two scenes maybe? Where yeah, he's they're in there. riveting, though. The, the whole interplay with him and Favreau is great. Like, he really embodies that, like, asshole boss that, like, it's yeah. my way or the highway. Like, if, if you don't want to deal with it, the door's right there. Yeah, no <laughs> he even says it, right? There's, I've had chefs before you. I'll have chefs after yep. you. Right. I paid for this. I paid for this. I paid for her. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to do it my way. Uh, love Dustin Hoffman. We could talk forever about the movies he's done. That was a good way you described that, Marty. They just want to be in his orbit, right? Hitch onto his wagon. And Hoffman doesn't need it, right? Nope. So I'm wondering, like, if they're friends off, off site or whatever to say, hey, you want to come in for this little, you know, two-bit role or whatever, come in, act the shit out of it. And then right, later. come in, blow up, do your Dustin Hoffman thing. We're gonna we use it for two days. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, and you, you steal the scenes and, you're and, in, and the lunch, and you get lunch. Right, <laughs> and that's it, bro. What are you gonna pay me? We I, got, we got. I nothing. hope they didn't serve them sweetbreads. We got yeah. nothing. Yeah, no joke. Right, that'd be funny. <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, you mentioned Oliver Platt. He's he's another underrated actor. Like he's not gonna carry any movie. 
but you see him everywhere. He's like kind of he's he's that guy. That's he's like a, the fifth guy on the cast list, and he's always additive. He's yeah. always good, and yeah. he's and he's solid in everything. You know what I watched recently was uh, Digstown. Oh, seen? the boxing movie. Yeah, yeah, with James Woods. Been a while. I watched it. I want to say a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember, but that's when I first saw Oliver Platt. And you're like, who's this guy? Like, and then you see him. Like, he's in a bunch of. I mean, he's been in TV. He's been in movies. Like, he's just he doesn't care. He's just here to act. But he's good. He's not going to blow you away. He's not going to be a leading man. He's just going to. Yeah. He's going to come in. He's going to get it done. He's your six man award. You guys probably saw this too, but one one of my fun facts I had was his brother is a prominent New York restaurant critic. So I think he pulled a lot no from kidding. that to to oh, play this that. role of Ramsey Michelle. How about let me bat the ball over the net to you then? You know the bear, which yes. is a highly wildly successful. It's the best thing on show? TV right now. Yeah. Okay, I find it anxiety provoking, but I yes. watch it anyway, right? Because <laughs> I don't, you know. Anyway, Oliver Platt in a yet another uh, kitchen movie. Uh, or kitchen art piece of art show, thank you, plays like the uncle who finances stuff and you owe me money, but I'm going to be nice about it. He's in The Bear. Yeah. In, uh, I have no idea what his name is, but I was like, you got to be kidding me. He's great. Yeah, and that's kind of how he ends this yeah. movie is the, the partner, the benefactor of point, funding right? it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I was going to bring up, he. I thought it was interesting. I don't know what it is about food or being involved with a, a food movie like that. Like Platt is in... The Bear, and he's great in it, and that show is amazing. Leguizamo was in The Menu, which came out like a year or two ago, and that was really good. So I I get the hint that these guys, are they really like food, and, and they like being involved in productions that center around food. Like you talked earlier, Mark, about how that's become a thing. Like you've got cooking shows, we've got movies, TV shows. Like seeing a camera on a chef has become like one of the more reliable things that people want to see on screen. Terrence, you are nailing it because in 1996, uh, you get A Big Night, which is a tiny little movie uh, about these dudes who are waiting to get reviewed. And it's kind of it's a... It's called A Big Night? A Big Night. Okay. It, it's uh, not my favorite, by the way. But Emerald Live hits in 97. And then from there, you go through Ratatouille, Julia, Julie and Julia, Eat, Pray, Love, which I did not say... Um, Zero <laughs> Dreams of Sushi, which if you did not see, you are dead to me. Um, Chef in 214, Burnt in 215, The Menu in 222, and The Bear in 222. America, well, let's roll it back. The studio executives say, is it about a kitchen? Here's the money. Well, you yeah. didn't even get into the, any anything, the, the 18 shows that All the Ramsey has. Yeah. You know, Hell's Kitchen. Everything on Food Network. Food. It is an industry. It is its own genre. Yeah. There's Hell's Kitchen. Ramsey's He's probably got, got more kitchen, than that. He's kitchen everywhere. Nightmares. Ever watched, like, some of those shows are pretty cool. I can't watch that stuff. I can't, I can't watch. Dredge like, Crazy, I right? can't watch. I can't watch, like. The owners. When he screams at people. <laughs> I'm just like. As, 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 A little dramatized, I, I think. I know, I know that that's his. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like asking Babe Ruth not to hit home runs. It's like we're <laughs> asking Gordon Ramsay not to scream at people and make them feel bad about themselves. But I'm not going to wallow in that. But he's a rock star, man. He's awesome. And that led to like Bar Rescue because now you have John Taffer, who's a very similar, you know what I mean? Not so much focused on the kitchen, but like he, you know, same idea, same concept, just a little different. So in a bizarre set of circumstances, that one can I watch all day? I can watch that one all day. They're yeah. overpouring. They're overpouring. That's on me in, yeah. in the room going... Oh, that's so good. They're, you they're, just don't like being yelled at in an English accent, I think. I think that, that takes it to another dude, level. That might, dude, that, that <laughs> might be it. Yeah, 
That, that's probably absolutely <laughs> it. He's like, go back to your queen. Get out of here. Get out, <laughs> dude. Buzz off, bro. <laughs> um, you know, to circle back to the cast, just to round up the cast real quick. I thought uh, I love Bo- Bobby Carnavelli. Uh, so he was the sous chef in there. Um, again, not a guy that's going to carry movies, but you see him more. He, I think he peaked more later in his career, but I love that guy. Like he's just, yeah, he's been in a lot of good things. Yeah. Yeah. He really has. Like he's, he's got some good stuff. He was the most recently. I just watched old dads. It was him and Bill Burr. Oh, I didn't and, see uh, that yet. Oh, it's on Netflix. Netflix he's, was just recommending it to me yeah. earlier this week. Yeah. I think, I mean, you guys have kids, so you'll enjoy it. The kid in this, I haven't seen anywhere else. MJ Anthony. He, like, I, I, I wish I wrote things, it down, but, but yeah, he, he's been in. Three or four things you'd recognize. Well, he he was in he, Jungle Book. I think was the other one. I think he was. Okay. Uh, huh. What's the kid's name in Jungle Mowgli. Book? Mowgli. And that's Favreau. Also, that's Favreau right? as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, other than that, you know, and you mentioned Robert Downey Jr. He had the small role. How My, crazy is he in that movie? Though? Awesome. He they. I, Are we getting to Downey now? Because he, he was unbelievable <laughs> dude, in this movie. Dude, dude, he took Tony Stark and said, "They said be Tony Stark, except bigger and without reason." Yeah, <laughs> and don't ever stick on one topic. He, he, there's nobody better at playing like the douchey, pompous, rich guy. That like, yeah. he's better looking than you. He's richer than you. <laughs> he gets better women than you. Like he, yeah. Yeah. he, what was it when he's with uh, Favreau? When Favreau is going to him, like they're he's going to get the food truck for him, and he's like. You're not a turd. I don't want you to think you're a turd. A turd that's a loser. And he says it like six <laughs> times. And Favreau's like, I, I don't think I'm a turd. Like, I just don't yeah, want to come to you. Yeah, who said anything about being a turd? Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he intimates that he like slept. That, uh, Sophia Vergara is both of their ex-wives. She was married to Downey right. first. And then Favreau's character. And he intimates that he slept with her after right. Favreau <laughs> broke up with her again. Yeah. Just to plant that. And you see Favreau's, like the wheels turning in his head. Like, wait a second. The timeline. Hold on. Is he saying that he... He was with her again. He has, a, what, five minutes of screen time? And he, he talks about his secretary just told him that she's pregnant and that it's his. He's like, but joke's on her. I got my tubes tied. Right. He's like, but I, the, the bad part is I could lose my my uh, the best secretary I've ever right. had. He's like, so do I raise the kid on my own, even though I know it's not the father? <laughs> He's completely out of his mind in this movie. I love it. Uh, right. He, he says something on the lines of like, She's the best one I had, but she's a liar because I had my tubes tied. Yeah. He's like, so what do I do? <laughs> hey, what do you think of this carpet? You know, yeah. He's, and he's like, starts pulling out swatches. He's pulling his swatches. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, he's insane. Man. He comes in and kills it. Be Tony Stark, but be different. Like, but be more obnoxious. And, right. You know I mean? be, <laughs> be less tethered. Yeah. To you know what I mean? Like, be less tethered to 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 uh, to even one line of reason. Yeah. He because yeah. he goes in seventeen, not seventeen. He goes in about. Four or five different directions at once in that scene. One of them being the booties on the shoes and yeah. color swatches. Girls, pre- I mean, you could you could list them off, and he pulls it off effortlessly. I oh, want yeah. to know how much of that was ad libbed. You know, between him with Hoffman, these little scenes they come. If you in. told me Downey's whole thing was just all him, I I believe it. I buy I'd, that. I would too. Yeah. I would buy it. But but the the moment we see him, it's perfect because Fa- that's Favreau's lowest point. Carl Casper is his character, Chef Carl Casper. That's his lowest point. He just lost his restaurant. He blew up in front of everybody. He went viral on the internet. He has nothing right now. And imagine this is like, could you imagine a worse guy that you've got to come to for help? It's your ex-wife's ex-husband, world's sexiest man, world's richest man. He's talking down to you and like, but you don't really have any other choice. Like you can't get a job anywhere else because your name is dirt right now. Right. And so you got to come with your hat in your hand to this guy. 
and ask this guy for help, knowing that he's already got so much over you, and now this is going to just add one more thing. Well, Mark, let me ask you this. Do you, I don't. I'll go out and I'll stake. I'll stake my position. I don't think Robert Downey Jr. mistreats him in in that scene. No, what he's just you, being him. Right. Like he's, he's just, just being like, himself. He's that's who he is. He's this arrogant, douchey character. He doesn't care who he's talking to. I don't care what Favreau says. Yeah, you are a turd. Right now, you're so <laughs> a turd, bro. <laughs> I think the only other thing that they could... I mean, I love Downey in this, right? So don't get me wrong, but I could picture... You've seen uh, Couples Retreat where uh, the yoga instructor... I could see him playing like this. Who, the, who was the spent, the, oh, I, man. I forget the actor. He's like, regard me. Like, like that guy, right? Because <laughs> <You know, laughs> he's, he's jacked. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you make him rich and he's like, oh, I saw your wife. Like, this is, we just, it's okay, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know it's that type of thing. It's the uh, the forgetting Sarah Marshall, you know, the dude. That's who, the dude Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah. Brand. He's like, you're so cool, man. Stop being so cool, you know? And it's like, you want to hate him, but you're like, I want to hang out with you. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, I don't know if Downey was quite that level, but that's that's the vision I see. Is like, man, like you're just a cool dude. Like, stop banging my wife, please. You right? Know what, I, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it comes down to. Anyways, so have you guys uh, have you guys ever worked in the kitchen? Yeah. Never once. Well, one of them, in high school, I worked. I, I was a busboy and a food runner and everything. I spent a. Well, does that count? Well, busboy doesn't count. Busboy is not a. No, 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 but I was in the kitchen. I was a food runner. I was an expediter. I kind of moved up from the busboy thing. Did you cook? I never cooked, no. You never cooked? Did you ever do any prep? Like you never handled the knife? Mm -mm. No, just like kind of garnishing plates was about the extent of it. So nothing. So the next time someone asks you if you worked in the kitchen, no, not really. Okay, I don't want want to offend anybody. I don't want anybody coming after me. (laughs) Listen, I've, I've worked in plenty of kitchens, not to this level, but enough where I can appreciate like the banter that that takes place, right? Yeah. It's a stressful situation no matter what. So anyone oh, yeah. who's ever worked in the kitchen will know, like, yeah, you get to that dinner rush or whatever, like, forget about it. Like, everyone dials it up. Everyone's in the red. Uh, if someone's late on fries, hey, where's this? Oh, this is overcooked, undercooked. Like, you just don't get the same level. So when you watch, like, we talked about, like, Hell's Kitchen and things like that, that's just crazy. Like, I've never been in a situation like that. I never want to, and I'm never going to. It's a certain mentality, I think, that gets in there. But we talked about the realism of this movie. So some of the things that they do do, they do, like, the pre-chef, uh, like, the pre-dinner service meeting when he's like, hey, here's the menu. This is what's going on. You know, everything's got to be on time, like, when they're calling things out, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I get two of these all day, blah, blah, blah. Like, you just have to have all that stuff, you know, going. The other piece that maybe not so much chefs like him, but you kind of get a taste of it where – Every cook that works in the kitchen, I don't care if it's at Chili's or Burger King, doesn't matter. If somebody, if any cook that says, like if they're having a bad day and they want to quit, they think, if I walk out right now, this restaurant shuts down because I'm not <laughs> here. You know, and that's it. And I guarantee you everyone thinks that. It's not going to. So you see, like, even when, when Favreau ends up leaving, he's like, okay, come on, guys, let's go. And they're like, we'll see Yeah, what Bobby we'll- Cannavale's just kind of standing there, <laughs> yeah. frozen, like, ah. But that, the mentality of that, and I, I thought that they I thought they captured that, is my, my point of my ramble there for a minute. Right. You know, I thought they captured a lot of the good things. And that gets back to Favreau studying with Roy Choi mm-hmm. to learn about what it's about to be in the kitchen. Um, you know, I mentioned, too, like, you, the op- one of the opening scenes, I thought when he's using the knife, I thought that was a stunt double. You know, he he put the the knuckle tattoos on, so you know it was it was it was Favreau doing it, which was nice. We, we've talked about authenticity a lot, and this is the fourth movie we've done now. We did Warrior. We talked about how the the UFC fighting was very realistic looking on that. Uh, we talked about Varsity Blues. I don't know if the football's super realistic in that one, but but in this one, 
the the kitchen stuff does seem very authentic. Like they do a lot of close ups. It's a lot of fast moving, fast cuts. You see things being mixed together, things being made. Like one of my favorite scenes from the movie is after he walks out of the restaurant and then he goes home and he's cooking his own stuff while service is going on and they keep kind of jumping back between one and the other. All the stuff he's making looks incredible. It's colorful. It's he's he's the way he sets up the plate, you see everything sizzling and cooking. Like that's the good stuff there. Like they really get into that. Do you cook at home, Marty? Uh, what I do know how to make, I love to make. Like, I make a bomb-ass chili. Now, if you say those words in a group of dudes, just start swinging because you're going to take some, okay? <laughs> just start, get, get, get them up. Drop the gloves because they're like, you think you make good chili, man? <laughs> chili sucks. I, I don't know why I was in the Bronx at the time. But anyway, so, um, so, so anyway... I like my I like my chili. <laughs> like I like you know what I make really well. I'm gonna tell you what I make really well. I make I can put anything in an omelet. I'm really good at making breakfast okay. for my children, even though they're all in their in their late twenties, mid twenties now. Um, I do love to cook for the family. Oh, also I know how to quarter either a chicken or a turkey. If you like, if 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 it's a if it's a Thanksgiving party or something like that, and we need somebody to cut up carve the turkey i know how to do that i have a, i have a splinter of a look at what john favreau is nailing on this movie constantly good i'm doing it for the sake of doing it that brings you up to that that whole scene where the kid says percy mj what whatever his last name is mj Schma- Anthony, mj yeah. schmanderman yeah. um <laughs> says um it's not mj schmanderman he says percy says it's burnt you know i they're not paying for it and he's and, uh, takes time him, stand still. Takes yeah, right outside. time stand still. And my one of my favorite lines in the movie is when John Leguizamo says, "No, I got it," because he gets it, man. He knows yeah. exactly what's going down. He knows what leg uh, what what uh, Favreau's going to tell his son. And there, in there, Favreau explains his world. Yeah. to his kid, I do this because I touch people's lives with this. I would love to bring you into my world. He invites the kid into his world. And right there sitting on the fender of the dopey food truck, Leguizamo is saying, no, I got this, because he knows exactly that conversation. Yeah, this is a teaching moment. It's yeah. like we're, we're not serving – it doesn't matter if they're not paying for it. We're not serving burnt sandwiches to people. Yeah. He, he says to him, he's like, is this boring to you? And he goes, no, I like it. And Favreau goes, well, I love it. And right. like I'm really good at it. Like I get to touch people's lives. Like that. That's what it's all about. I, I love the chemistry between Favreau and MJ Schwartzberger. MJ Anthony. MJ Anthony. Let's set the record straight. For it. <laughs> oh, wow. MJ Anthony. He, he could have had Schmenderman, and he went with Anthony. Oh, yeah, I know. I was okay. thinking missed opportunity, but you know what? That's I'm a him. Yeah, that's right. And who's in the movie? Him or me? <laughs> okay, there you go. True. I think I think we who's get the this. We're, we're here just a bunch of dicks, right? What I what I liked was, and, and you guys will appreciate this because again, you you have children who at one point were small. You know, right from the beginning when he's he picks him up and he's like, "Oh, I gotta go to the farmer's market." He's like, "Oh, can I come?" Yes. I'm like, "No, I'm just, I'm going to get food. We're not going to buy a bunch of things." And he's like, "No, I know, I, it's fine." And then as soon as he gets there, can we get caramel corn? Can we get you know? Can we get the you know? Can we get this? And he's like, "No, we're doing this." Next scene, they're eating the they're like eating the caramel corn. Yeah, yeah. he's huffing down kettle corn. Yeah, kettle corn. I said caramel corn. You know, corn. To, Mark. To your point. In the beginning of the movie, the kid's being a pain, as predicted. I don't want to be doing this. You cut to towards the end of that movie when they go when they go shopping for food in uh, I think it's Louisiana. Am I getting that wrong? Maybe it's Texas. 
Well, they, they and, stop in both places, yeah. And yeah. they and the kid is right there with him, and he says, see this? These are plantains. And this, this, oh, and he's carrying all this. The kid's doing The kid's into it. And then they go into what they set up. It's very clever. They set it up to sound and look like a drug deal. They go through the kitchen. He says, you got the stuff? Yeah, man, we got the stuff. Oh, with the beef. Yeah, and yeah, they, the and Texas they open barbecue it up, place. He's got, he's got, <laughs> and they, they start eating it, you know, and it's very, very... There's a duality there that uh, you know that 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 that's going on. But the kid's like, no, give me some too. Give me some. Yeah. And, and Leguizamo and, even doesn't he say something like, oh, you can't be eating your own supply. You like, can't be eating really? your own supply, man. Yeah. That's good. That's Come good on, reference. man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the kid like he becomes a mini chef. He's got his own chef uniform. Favreau buys him his own knife at the restaurant supply Dude. store. Like he's into it. He's cooking. He they mentioned he burned his finger. He cut himself a couple times, but he keeps pushing through it. He's like got battle scars, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the things that I found in this movie is worlds collide, and that is John Favreau invites Percy into his world. I make food for the purpose of touching people's lives. It's it's who I am. Whereas Percy, whose world is his phone, social media, and technology doesn't particularly invite Favreau into it, but that world merges with yeah. Favreau's world, and it's the scene where they do a pullback shot, or it's a wide shot in Miami, where they show the animated tweets going everywhere, and that is one of the pivotal scenes where those two worlds are now meshing, they're colliding, and it's how one character starts to learn from another character, right? Yep. Forget their age. And they each learn from each ages. other, yeah. They're each learn from each other. Like, this this whole... Me- like, John Favreau's like, what's a tweet? Yeah. Okay? Carl, he's like, what's a tweet? Yeah. At one point and- he says, what kind of website could a 10-year-old get on that has bad language? Like, he, he's so <laughs> so in the dark so about the internet and technology and everything. Right. But yeah, per- Percy but brings that to the moves, table. When those two worlds collide, you have... The, you have uh, one of the the great themes of the movie, which is worlds colliding and meshing, and with that, and and again, the movie's about heart. The movie's about passion. Uh, this kid's passionate about geotagging this, and I, I made a one second movie on that, and this and that. It's a vine. What's a vine? And Favreau's like, no, 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 no. We are going to make food because food touches people's lives, and those two worlds collide and become. Very good for one another, to my way of thinking. Yeah, I mean, the El Jefe, the food truck he had, it wouldn't have had the same success. I mean, maybe it would have over time, but Percy's internet usage certainly blew it up. Like, he brought the people to it. He got people excited that they were going on tour throughout the South. They were stopping in New Orleans. They were stopping in Austin, Texas. Like, that brought people there. That got people excited. Let me ask you this. Terrence, how much did you love the scene where Leguizamo is having a meltdown? In front of the truck. It's a nice bit of movie making where they don't show you the line of people. Uh-huh. It's like, where you guys been? Oh, yeah. Where you guys been? Yeah. Where, where you guys been? And Pharaoh's like, dude. We're shopping, what, yeah. You must, you must <laughs> chill. Yeah. You must chill. I'm sure he wrote it differently. Um, and then they pull back or they do something, a bit of movie making, where Leguizamo says, that's what I'm talking about, this huge line of people. And Carl, the the the, the chef, Favreau says, "Where did they come from?" Yeah, and the kid just pipes up. Percy goes, "I geotagged words and words and words and words and words and words and tweeted in line and whatever, whatever, whatever." Yeah, yeah. And that's when the audience goes, "Oh man, they're gonna make it." Yeah, they're and, gonna and I like, make it. Like they kind of slow play that reveal of the whole line down the street, but also after you're like, "Oh, they're in trouble." Like there's a ton of people. How are they gonna do this? Then Leguizamo was like, "Oh yeah, I got everything ready. The oil is cooking. The stove's on. Everything's ready. Like we just need you guys here to cook it." So like. They're ready to go. So 
you go from being like, okay, they're having a nice day. They're going to Cafe Dumont, having beignets. They're shopping, getting some voodoo stuff. And then, oh, crap. Time like, to, the rush is here. Yeah. But then it's like, actually, it's all right. Like, Wazamo's got it. Like, like you said before, he's he's the probably the glue that holds this movie together. Yes. Because he drops everything, leaves uh, the the restaurant that they were at at the beginning to come work for nothing. Like Favreau says, like, I can't pay you. He's like, great. When do I start? Right. Like he's the best friend and you Favreau's can ask for. Favreau's answer to the crisis is endemic to the theme of the movie. We got to cook some food. Yeah. We got to get cooking or whatever he says. We got to cook some food. He gets the, he gets the first review. Right. And that's when the, the whole, the Twitter battle, like you touched upon it a little bit. Here's Favreau living in the dark. Doesn't know what Twitter is. Doesn't know how to use any, social media at this point because why would he he just spends his time cooking he's in the kitchen like that's his thing right he gets the bad review i guess i'm wondering like how many times and i'm gonna say how many times because i'm sure it's happened at least once have you guys overreacted to something like that you know what i mean someone posts something bad and you're like i'm I'm gonna show him and he's like oh come down again asshole we got this you know like has that happened to you in times that you can recall where you're just like it's kind of like you just you see red you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you just you make a but, move. But you got, like, don't hit send. Like, especially when you don't really know how Twitter works and everything. Like, he thinks he's sending them just a private message. Right. You, you wouldn't know a good meal if it sat on your face. And he tweets that out to the world. And that's what kind of starts everything just going downhill on him. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely read something online or heard something from somebody where I wanted to just blow up. But <laughs> Favreau, Casper is... Uh, He's not equipped to handle that, and he he just kind of makes things worse, and it goes from there. Yeah. Mark, to your point of did you ever get a bad review? I didn't, it's not a bad review, but I was affronted. Uh, I was working in Tampa. I'd did done you a say training. affronted? Indeed, I did. What's that mean? Uh, I was insulted <laughs> okay. to my very core. Uh, I just want you to dumb it down let for me, me let if me you could. Let me use parlance of my, of my children. Uh, he dissed me. He, uh, there you go. Uh, you know what? He did not disrespect me. He called it like it was, and I didn't like it. There you go. Um, Jeff Ryder is, uh, was his name. He died tragically uh, way too soon. Uh, but in Tampa, I had done a training program, and people stood up when I was done, Right. Hooray me. And I finally broke down in the car ride home. I'm waiting for my parade. Eventually, I break down. I'm like, dude, what'd you think? Give me my letter grade. He goes, oh, um, C. Man. And I said, Yikes. what? Do you know who I am? Do you, do, do, did you not see those people? Stand? I'm, getting all, I'm getting all uptight about it. And he looks at me and very, very simply says, Marty, I know you can do that. Show me something else. And I was like, you said saw red? I absolutely saw red. I'm like, yeah. oh, now it's on. Now, now I'm, now I'm going to raise my level of play. It was motivating, right? Man, <laughs> I don't think he meant to motivate. I think he just meant to tell me what was on his mind. He was driving. He was thinking about something else. I'm sitting there waiting for my parade. You know what I mean? Wow. And, and, and he, he was just like, see? Not like a bad review, but I don't know. If somebody – I once did a, I once did a, a keynote speech – and it was in front of probably the biggest audience I'd ever been in front of. They all got on their phones and reviewed me. Right then. And, and I'm re- okay. right after it's done. And they all reviewed me. I'm scrolling through them because they're all kind of saying the same thing. Words and words and words and words. They're all very positive. Nice and nice, nice. One comes up. Frustrated stand-up comic. 
<laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, you, you think I don't remember that? Yeah, that's always the one that stands out. 1,499 were pretty good. One dude says, frustrated stand-up comic. I want to find that dude and hold his head underwater until he <laughs> says, look, that was awesome, and I'm sorry. But he was he he was he was just calling it like he saw it, and I was like, you know what? I gotta I gotta I gotta be better. I gotta I just because that that stuck in my head hard. Not everyone's a critic just to be a like just to be an ass. Right. You know what I mean? Like that they're calling it like they see it because that's their perception of it. Like you have percep- perception, right? Uh, that's their perception of it. So you you have to respect that opinion just because it's not the one you want to hear. That's where this movie takes its turn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Favreau's like, what do you mean? Like, my food's the best food ever. Like, how dare you do that? And that's just the ego that jumps in, which I think that's the problem. I mean, you could correlate that to sports, too. If you're getting criticized on, you know, you're an athlete or something, you think you're the best at what you do and you're not. There's a lot of there's a lot of overlap there, a lot of parallels. So. And yeah, in the movie, like, he, Casper gets the review from Ramsey Michelle, Oliver Platt's character. And he, he reads it out and they're hopeful beforehand. They're all there at the bar to celebrate. And then it's obvious that the review is kind of taking a turn and he's cutting them down. But Favreau knows it. Like he was in the kitchen before arguing with Reva, mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman's character, because he knew the menu was stale. It was the same old, same old. It wasn't going to impress anybody. Certainly wasn't going to impress this like hot critic that like kind of has the ear of everybody. So he wasn't real like after the anger subsided, like he wasn't surprised by the review. He knew that he, he, they mentioned that he was uh, like the hottest chef going in Miami. That's how he got his start. And now he's just kind of doing his thing. It's the same old thing every night. That's what the food truck does. It gets him back to his roots, gets him back to doing things exciting, making people happy. And that's why Oliver Platt kind of comes on back. We'll get into that. Can we can we read part of the review? I know I've got it somewhere here. That I think that's oh, the best. Awful man. Go the, ahead. The best. Uh, <laughs> The best writing in the movie. Let me let me find it. Over the past decade, Carl Casper has somehow managed to transform himself from the edgiest chef in Miami to the needy aunt that gives you $5 every time you see her in hopes that you will like her, but instead causes you to shrink from her cloying embrace, which threatens to smother you in her saggy, moist cleavage. <laughs> and it goes on. His dramatic weight gain can only be explained by the fact that he must be eating all the food sent back to the kitchen two stars <laughs> if that's not the most evil thing it's like you, everybody's there ready to celebrate like they had this critic it was a huge night and like the bottom just falls out and that's why Favreau like loses his mind he he invites him back he gets in this flame war online with him and basically just sent his life into a tailspin because of this review but really it was always going to happen like because he was just kind of stuck in a rut like he said yeah. to Reva we're in a creative rut like, we don't want to just serve the filet. When he announces the menu before that dinner service, he's so lifeless. Like, you don't see any of the passion that he shows throughout the rest of the movie, any of the love. Like, he says he loves touching people's lives. He wasn't he wasn't feeling like he was touching anybody's life there. He's like, we're going we're gonna to have a nice filet. We're going to finish it off, of course, with the lava cake. And the staff is there just like, nobody's inspired. Nobody's like, yeah, let's uh, no go get cares. it. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's the that's the twist you see. Like this is the character development that we talk about, right? So you learn more about why he's cooking. Like like Marty was saying when he's talking to his son and he touches lives, right? Like you don't at this point in the movie you don't know that. So you're like, oh, what's what's going on? Like you you're playing the hits, as Hoffman's gonna say. You know what I mean? So so he leaves. He does the, the blow up, right? So he comes back in, blows up. Everything's on YouTube, right? Now he's trying to turn his life around. You know what I mean? He's trying to get his like, what's he gonna do now? All he wants to do is cook. He hasn't had his. Uh, his moment yet where he's trying to like, wh- why did you start cooking things like that? So, but I liked some of the, uh, 
some of the references. Like I liked when he talks with the girl that plays the uh, the wife's agent, not the agent, the the PR lady. Oh yeah, she yeah. wants to get him on Hell's Kitchen and like kind of yeah. use this as a positive. And he's like, I'm not looking to like I'm a chef, I'm a real chef, I'm not looking yeah. to be like a D level reality star or whatever. Yeah, he makes a Honey Boo Boo reference, yeah. <laughs> there, right? But I think that's that's you know it ties back into his ignorance towards social media. He could be, he could have been, you know, uh, Gordon Ramsay at that point, or you know what I mean, or something yeah. along those he, lines. He says at one point, he's like, "I'm a meme," which I'm kind of amazed he even knows what a meme is, given right. like his his yeah, lack like of knowledge. Or something. Yeah, yeah, he's like a fucking cat <laughs> playing a piano. She's like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> nice, I love it. So reluctantly, he decides to go to Miami to be the the nanny. One of one of I thought one of my favorite scenes in that was the Robert Downey Jr. piece. The turning point of this is when he he gets the truck, and Marty, I think you mentioned it. So Leguizamo drops what he's doing, shows up essentially to save the day. You know what I mean? Because he now is the glue. He's the he's the cheese in the quesadilla at this point. You know what I mean? Like he's holding that together. You know, here's what we need. He speaks Spanish. He's getting the guys to help him. Right? How cool is it when Leguizamo shows up with the fully tricked? Uh, tricked out truck. Yeah, you get the it's stereo. Got, uh, it's got the stereo blast. And, and yeah. all yeah. he oh, says I know is, a guy. Oh no, 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 I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, Dude. yeah. Everybody needs a friend like that. <laughs> oh man, yeah. He's he's the savior. He's the uh, the the Samwise from Lord of the Rings. Like that's <laughs> Without who, question. Yeah, that's who. That's nice who he job. is in this. You know what I mean? He um, also utters one of my favorite lines. Picking my favorite line from this movie is very, very hard. But they're sitting around. They've had a hard day, but they're very happy. And he goes and gets beers. Yes. And he hands it to the kid. And the kid says, is this beer? And he says, beer? Never hand you beer. This is cerveza. (laughs) And the kid says, I'm a kid. He says, you're not a kid. There's no age in the kitchen. You're a line, whatever he says, you're a line cook. There's no age in the kitchen. He's like, you're you're not 10, you're kitchen staff. Kitchen staff doesn't have an age. Well done, well done. That's exactly right. Yep, and it's it's true. Like, that line is kind of cool. So anyone who's, again, worked in the kitchen area, that's the mentality that... Yeah, they're a unit. Like, the the three of them, Casper is like a world-renowned head chef, or he was before this whole blow-up. Leguizamo is like more just kind of sous He got elevated to sous chef before that. So he was more just kind of doing the grunt work, but he was like one of Favreau's right-hand men. And then Percy is just a kid. But like in the kitchen, like we're all equal. We're working together. We're on the same team. We're not worried about seniority and fame and all that. It's like it doesn't work if all of us are not good and all of us are not together. So like that that was a... Great scene with the three of them. What does Favreau say to says to Percy? Hey, man, when we get hopping, you're gonna. I forget how he says it. You're gonna have to pitch in in whatever we need you to do. Yeah, and they become like the team from Miracle that no one thought was gonna win a game in the Olympics. They become Harry Potter, who is hated by his own family. They are the underdogs to the greatest extent that the audience is really. That's why I talked about story. You are rooting for these dudes to win. Any reference to Miracle is welcome yeah, on that's, this podcast. That's by the, the second time we've had one of those. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Mother? <laughs> so um so yeah, so they do the whole they do the, the training montage, you know, which is when they're cleaning the they're cleaning the There's a few montages in this movie. We, we love yeah. a good montage, but yeah, this yeah. one really makes use of it. <laughs> but yeah, when he's uh, before Leguizamo shows up, you know, they're taking all this stuff out and cleaning it, you know. Um but anyway, so they get the, the trucks done. Now they get it set up. It's all pimped out now. They have the music. They get the thing. And now they're hitting the Miami scene. Uh, what about the scene with the cop that shows up? Oh, says, God. The it's permits. excruciating. <laughs> where he just wants to take a picture everywhere. Yeah. Like, uh, First off, I, I hate that kind of guy. Like, 
he's coming over to make a move. Like they they have the permit, but like they're not allowed to be right there on South Beach. You're making a move, but of course it's like, oh, can I get a picture? Like, oh, you're that famous guy from the internet with the lava cake. Yeah, let me get a picture. And he's like, all right, fine. I guess we can get a picture. Gets a picture. You think it's done? He takes like four more. He wants to do one like Lady in the, the Tramp. They each right. get the bread in their mouths. It's like God, just run this guy over with the truck. Ready? It's excruciating. Did like, you <laughs> think that was Andy Garcia for one second when that dude shows up on the bike? He gets off the bike. I'm like, oh man, Andy yet Garcia. Another, yeah, another. Maybe I'm blind, but I thought it was. I thought, and then I was disabused of that theory once he opened his mouth. But yeah. I thought it was another. I know it was another great, great casting poor, thing. Poor but man's Andy Garcia. He's you know. poor man. But I agree with you a hundred percent. Favreau could have told him, "Look, we'll move. No, I'm not taking a picture. Yeah, no, you could go pound it. I'm done. Yeah, he he does everyone. What do you think about that? I I, I was thought I thought that was. I think I would have been. I think I would have been a little more bit more of a. Uh, a little bitch about it. I would have been like, no, I'm not going to take a picture. I, I think he just I'm didn't a- want to jeopardize, like, like maybe if he was real mean to him or, or turned him away, like, maybe he'd be like, actually, no, you know what? Like, I was being nice to you, like, that you could move down there, but really, you're not even supposed to be there. Like, so you guys got to just get out completely. So, I, so it's I, a practical matter. I, I think he was just like, just go with the flow. Just, just get it over with so we can keep doing what we love. So we can keep, we've got all these I'll people that. that haven't been served yet. Russell Peters, he's a stand-up comedian. If you've ever seen him, that that's who the uh, the cop was. So definitely not Andy Garcia. No, he's <laughs> slightly more Indian than Andy Garcia, I believe. I don't know. All these movies we've spoken about so far, we have like our favorite scene, our least favorite scene. That's what I had down for my least favorite scene, but it's still an important scene. But like, just I just hate that that character, that cop. That's just like he's going to get everything he can. He doesn't even say like, "Oh, I loved your food. Can I get a picture?" It's like, "Oh, you're famous on the internet for losing your mind. Let me uh, let me get a picture with you. Let me get five pictures with you." So, well, I thought it was more of just an unintentional comedy piece. You know what I mean? I I didn't think of it too deeply like that. But you're right. I think that if I'm in that situation, you got 30 people waiting for food. Be like, hey, no time for pictures because we're gonna move down 20 feet so we can keep cooking. These guys paid us money. We owe them food. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like now you're jumping in the kitchen. That's not sanitary. You know what right. I mean? Oh yeah. So <laughs> that whole aspect. Yeah. Have a, you just came from the beach, bro. Like you can't go in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So they get. The, so they're in Miami. They do that. I thought that guy was funny. I I actually love the the lady in the tramp scene. I, I, oh, I I'm wondering if they filmed that. And they wasn't going to make the movie. And they said, oh, no, they this threw is it good. In. Yeah, I bet it was just one of the – because, like I said, he's a comedian. I recognized him. I've seen him in things. Yeah. I don't know his name like you did. But they probably just went overboard filming it. And they're like, ah, let's just leave it in there. Like, that would yeah. be a fun little – you know, it's just a happy scene or whatever. But you're right. The guy was an idiot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> one of the montages I liked, you know, we talked about a couple montages, was the uh, – like the shots of them driving – not really across America, more along the southern sides. But so when they leave Miami, they head to New Orleans and they're in that in that direction, right? Just some cool shots in there. Like it's just you know you see scenes of things. Like you can't, I guess you could, but like they're not CGIing that stuff. You know, I feel yeah. like they were actually. I mean, knowing Favreau, they made that trip. They're like, hey, let's get some good camera shots here. You know what I mean? And just it was pretty cool because you see the bonding that takes place, like in the truck and everything. You know, so I didn't know what a bagnette was until they, beignet, yeah, beignet. You know, I mean, it's basically, it sounds like a little... I've been to that place a couple donut. of times. Cafe Dumas, that's a, Cafe that's a famous Dumas, place. Oh, man. Yeah. They don't mess around. Yeah? Yeah, I, w- I was in New Orleans for the Final Four a couple of years ago, and I had to stop there. I uh, stopped in an airplane on Southwest, and I did not have to change planes, but they will let you off the plane and come back if it's a long enough layover. And I'm like, it was cool, because I was in Louisiana. Okay. I was not getting out of the airport, 
but I ran out and I just grabbed somebody who had a name tag on and I said, um, where can I get a beignet in this? And they, yeah. have, a, they have a Cafe du Monde. Going back to what you said about montages, I liked them and I'm not a big fan of them because I think Favreau doesn't lean on it too hard. Right. And also, underneath all of the montages is great music. It's to show the passage of time, I get it, but I'm like, I'm waiting for me to be to be over the montage, and he he, he does he doesn't lean on it too hard at all. Yeah, it's 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 short nice enough touch. where you enjoy it. You know, what I mean, it's not like the '80s training montage. You know, it's not like it's not like Rocky montage, which is probably one of the more famous ones, right? Right. But, uh, it was. I thought it was just enough. It's just enough. Yeah, absolutely. And we've gotten to the point now, Mark, where they're going on that trip. It becomes a road trip movie. It's a very different movie once they get in the food truck. They go to Miami, they go to New Orleans, they go to Texas. You mentioned the music, Marty. That was one thing I wanted to bring up that I really liked. Like each place they go, they're in Miami, they hear like that Latin music. They go to New Orleans, they hear the jazz. They go to Texas, they got that guy singing like blues music as they're at the barbecue place. Like kind of just really brings you into the movie. Like each place is very specific locale, specific culture to it. We talk about the three acts of the movie, right? The first act is all at home in his home restaurant the whole falling out where he walks out. The second act is that road trip movie. He, it's him, it's Percy, and uh, Marty, right? Is John Leguizamo's character? Oh, not Marty. Marvin. You're, Mar- you're Marty. Marvin. What am I talking about? <laughs> Marvin. The three of them go. So it becomes a road trip movie at that point. And uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure being such big movie fans you are, but I love a good, whether it's just a scene, road trip scene, or just road trip movie, like give me anything, National Lampoons, any of that, road trip, the movie, like I'm, I'm down for that. So they did that really well. There's a scene during the montage that cut to who wants to go to Disney World. Oh, yeah. And he says, no, I want to go to Louisiana. I want, I want a beignet. Yep. Am I making a mountain out of a molehill, or is that a pivotal, pivotal line and or scene? That's huge because Percy now is sharing that love for cooking, sharing that love with connecting yeah. with people that Carl has. So yeah, I, I think that's huge that yeah. he he would rather do that. He'd rather work more in the kitchen and and go do some work than and, go to Disney World. Right. Like what, what's what's more of a magical kids place right. than Disney World? He's like, no, you know what, we're good. We're going to go and go to New Orleans. Like, he's been looking forward to that. Sorry, it flashes back to the beginning of the movie when he was talking about going to New Orleans. And he's like, yeah, we'll go next month. I'm off school. And then he's like, well, we'll have to ask your mother. He's like, I already did. She said yes. You know, he got the phone, <laughs> right? But it, it just, what it shows is that you get this, you know, I think he's like 10, right? This 10-year-old kid or whatever. He just wants to spend time with his dad. At that, yeah. at that point in the movie, he didn't care. He was like, hey, let's just go do this. You know what I mean? Can I come to the farmer's market? Let's go to New Orleans. Like, wherever you go, I want to be there. As a dad, like, you don't want to lose that. You know what I mean? And you see Favreau losing that at the beginning because he's too into his work and he's his career is doing his thing. And that's a, a theme across like 95% of the world. You know what I mean? But it, they pay it back nicely when they te- like he decides that he does want to be a cook. Like when he bought the burnt sandwich, like we talked about right. that. Yeah. And then this part, Disneyland, or oh, you want to go to New Orleans. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to New Orleans. Like I'm in on this train. It's such a good you know? father and son movie. Like this movie does so many things well, Yeah, but like the whole undercurrent throughout the whole thing of Carl and Percy, like kind of growing close together, like at the beginning, like he takes him to the movies. He takes him to like an amusement park and he drops him off, and he's like, okay, like, like I hope you had a good day. He's like, oh, when can I go in the kitchen with you? Like, let me go to the farmer's market right. with you. Like, yeah. Percy just wants to be close to his dad. He wants to share the things that his dad loves. And actually, one, uh, one fun little Easter egg, when they go to the movies, I read that's actually Iron Man 
that they're watching. Like it's the sound of Iron Man's blaster really? or something. Yeah, so that was Solid. a cool little Easter egg. <laughs> Did not know. But that. but yeah, per- Percy like it's obviously it's a, a family of divorce. Carl is split up with uh, Sofia Vergara at that point. And like it's your typical divorce dad. Like we, I see my kid every other weekend. We're gonna go to movies. We'll play miniature golf. We'll do just just kind of fun little event. And then it's back to mom and back to right. school and back to your home yeah, life. So the fun dad. Yeah, but Percy he doesn't want that. Like he he really cares about his dad. He wants to be close to his dad. And throughout the movie, they grow closer and closer. And and we even get to the point where Carl is like, okay, summer is over. You got to go back home. You got to go back to school. And like it's a really touching scene. And Percy just wants to stay on the truck. Like, if Percy had his way, he would just skip school yeah, no entirely doubt. and no just stay with him full time. Carl obviously can't have that. But one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is at the end of that point, Carl watches that video that Percy makes for him. Yeah. And, like, it all just kind of hits him. Like, what what a great time they had. What a great bonding experience they had. And he's like, you know what? Like, like not only do I want Percy on the truck, I need him. Like, he's good. He's a good chef now. He does everything we need in the kitchen. But, like, he's my son. I love him. We've grown so close. So like he calls him and asks him if he'll go on the weekends after school. Right. And Percy, of course, is like in. Like he asks his mom again. He asks his mom immediately. Mom's good with it. I think it's so, a yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, that, that is so 10, 11-year-old speak. Yep. In the beginning of the movie, Favreau, I think, and you could tell me, Mark, you're reading too much into this, telegraphs that whole need of Percy when Percy is showing him how to set up his 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 Twitter account, Favreau's Twitter account, and he and and the kid says, plain as day, we should do this more. We should, you know. And, and Favreau goes, what? And he <laughs> says, we, should, you know, just hang out. We are hanging out. We always hang out. No, no, no you know, doing stuff, learning yeah. from each other. He yeah. he says the phrase, learning from each other. It's good for. And I was like, I was like, dude, that is. Is Favreau telegraphing that, or did he? I mean, what do you guys think? Pretty insightful for a ten-year-old too. Like he's he's ahead of the ball on like you. You think a ten-year-old? That's what Favreau thinks. He just wants to go to the amusement park. He just wants to go to the movies. But yeah, Percy really just cares about his dad. Like he he wants to be part of his world. He sees how much cooking means to his dad. He wants to experience that too. It, yeah, it was a it was a growth moment, a growth movie for for the dad in the scene. You know what I mean? Preoccupied with his life, his career. You know, and then when it all comes crashing down, that's when he starts to realize that what's actually important is that's this. You get this ten-year-old kid who just idolizes you, and all you got to do is just let him in. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they said they learn from each other. So yeah, great, great growth movie, great father-son movie in general. Again, you guys have kids, so you you could probably flash back to moments where what could you have done differently when. When one of your kids was 10, or I don't think yours are quite 10 yet. Yeah, so, my oldest is eight. <laughs> so you get there, right? But you have those moments like, oh, I could have done this better. Or, hey, if I wasn't too busy doing this, you know what I mean? And it's like those little regrets that you don't want to have, but they just happen because you, you convince yourself, well, I have to go to work. I got to pay the bills. I got to do this. This is what I want. And it's not just about that with you. And it's sometimes it's hard to it's, it's hard to capture that in the moment. And you usually capture it afterwards. And you're like, oh, I should have done this. And how do I make up for that? You know what I mean? So yeah. It's a good it's a good life lesson in general, but it was good foreshadowing when the kid's saying that because the kid is definitely more mature than any other ten year old I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But he's an actor, you know, MJ uh, Santiago or whatever. His this, last poor, <laughs> this poor guy, <laughs> MJ Santiago. Yeah, I knew, there you I, go. I knew, I knew it. They get the food truck. That now they're successful. Uh, we talked about the road trip. They're in Texas. The different the different cultures of the music or whatever, which is great. And then I think you even said they're having the conversation on top, like, hey, you got to go back to school. Then he does a kind of a 180 on him after, and he's like, he realizes, nope, come in the truck, you know what I mean? So, boom, 
successful El Jefe truck, and here we are. Let me ask you guys this. He's got the successful truck. Sofia Vergara is actually working inside the truck, right? And Oliver Platt shows up, and she knows who he is. Oh, yeah. And she knows what he did, and she utters the line, there's no food for you here. <laughs> now, at that point, you're the writer of the movie, right? You're the writer of the movie. She could have said any number of colorful things to make him leave. <laughs> yeah. Right? And we all know what those are. And you could think of a million things to say, but she picks the one thing that is at the heart of this movie. Food is the currency yeah. of love. Food is the currency of connection. I will touch your life with my food. This is what I love. They talk about love and, and connection. And she says, she she says, no, you are not one of us. And there's no food for you. She doesn't say that, but she says, simply, there's no food for you here. There's no love for you here. There's no connection for you here. No, no, no. Be gone with you. Uh, which I wish she would have said, but she yeah. didn't. Uh, what <laughs> no, do you guys think? That, Not out of a molehill? No, you, no you... that's that's a great point. And I mean, if I, I've seen a lot of Modern Family. Sofia Vergara is very capable of going on an <laughs> yeah. epic rant against somebody. So yeah, th- it was much more restrained than that. But like you said, like it's purposeful. It wasn't it wasn't writing spare just for the sake of that. Like it, there w- the point of it was the food was everything. Food right. is how he touches people's lives. Food is what he loves. And you through your review have contributed to my life kind of tumbling downhill. So like you don't get to experience that anymore, whether you, you, and and it's for, because you know, he's there to critique it. He's not just there. Everybody else is there because they love it. Everybody wants to take part of it. They want to be part of not only the food and how good it is, but it's blown up to this internet sensation and they all want to be a part of that. And he's there, like he could very well eat it and just dump all over it again, and just with his what what is what does he say? You vomit out these words, like like do you know how much this means to me. Like he's not going to give him, or or she says he's not going to give you the chance to take him down like that again. Like you don't deserve that. So yeah, I I, I don't think it's a man out of a molehill. I think it's a fantastic point. It's the icing on the top of the movie is what that becomes, right? Because now you take Oliver Platt's character, and like up until this point, he's the villain. Right, because he's the one that triggered everything that happened. He comes back, and they talk it out for a few minutes, which is kind of an adult thing to do, I guess, and be like, "Hey, I didn't know. I, I thought I was sending you a private message." And he's like, "Well, that's not how Twitter works, you know." And then they chat for a minute, and then you know they're like, "Oh, so it basically the whole movie could have been fixed with the misunderstanding of communication is important, knowing, yeah. right? <laughs> knowing how to send a private message rather than just tweeting yeah. it to the it world." It gives a lot more nuance, yeah. though, to the. The critic, Ramsey Michelle, to Oliver Platt's character, because like you could see him as the villain throughout the movie, like he contributes to Favreau losing his job and like going on this whole journey. But like Favreau even says when he rants and raves at him at the restaurant, he's like, "You don't even know what you're talking about." Like a molten lava cake, like it's not just undercooking the cake. Like like so in that review where you tore me down, you displayed that you don't know what you're talking about. So like you could just see him as this ignorant buffoon that is just. Like tearing yeah. people down just for the sake of tearing people down, just for the sake of getting clicks and getting known on the internet. But like it colors him in a whole lot more at the end there when he comes to him and he's like, This shit is good. Like I'm here. Like I sent somebody. I knew you wouldn't want to serve me. I sent somebody to get the food. And he's like, This is really good. Like, I'm not gonna critique it. Favreau's like, Oh I I get it. I understand. And and it's almost like we talked about Leguizamo, like kind of the slow reveal of the line in New Orleans. It was kind of the slow reveal there of I'm not gonna critique it. Because I want to be partners with you. I want to back you. 
And it is a very adult thing. It's like Favreau could tell him to go to hell. He's like, listen, I have a good thing going here. I'm with my family. We're doing what we love. Like, we want nothing to do with you. Yeah. But like, it's very adult to him in the moment too. It's like, you know what? Like, we've built ourselves back up. We hit rock bottom. We've we've had this great adventure over the summer, and like, my reputation is on the rise. Like, let's take advantage of it. Like, like he understands. It's like he didn't do it just to take me down. Like, he was right. Like, Favreau knew at his heart he was always right. Like, he was great when he was in Miami, and his food, his cooking had gone downhill. It was just the same old, just playing the hits, like you said. Both of them really was an adult understanding of, all right, let let's let's analyze the situation. Let's see what's best for us. Like, we we get in like like uh, Michelle said. We can be partners. This would be a great story. People are going to want to come just to see, oh, wow, this is the chef that like tore apart this critic in his restaurant, and now they're partners. They're teaming up. Like, I got to see what this is all about. What could make this happen? So, yeah, it's it's a pretty adult thing of both of them to put the past in the past, move on, have some mutual respect for one another. And, I mean, that's that's basically the end of the movie. You see the uh, the restaurant open up, and they seem to be doing pretty great with it. So, uh, Anything unanswered in here that you guys uh... – like, give me one thing that you got unanswered. Where did Sofia Vergara get all that money, dude? Did you did you check her whip, man? She is she's doing know, okay, dude, yeah. What what does she do? What is her they, what is yeah, her they, visible means of support? They never uh, they never say that. Like, she has a publicist I, and she lives in a nice house in. in I, in I, I mean, people running around in the house. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is her ex husband, so I'm assuming oh, a fair amount of it came from that. that. But also, I, I didn't think about it too hard. It's like if if you look like Sofia Vergara, like life's gonna work out for you. <laughs> You're, You're not go. gonna expect to nice. see her like show up. Yeah, living in a box on the corner. So, <laughs> yeah. But it is a good question. Sofia Vergara probably never spent the night under a bridge. Yeah, probably never. W- while we're on that subject, <laughs> one thing I really wanted to bring up: Favreau wrote the movie, he directed the movie, he starred in the movie. His two love interests in the movie, he cast. I'm assuming he's the one that cast him. Sofia Vergara. Scarlett Johansson, that that's some some top tier stuff right there. Like I, I had the same thing as my next thing. I said, <laughs> Life's pretty good. Yeah, when you got yo from good, good work from if Sophia you can get to girlfriend and Scarlett. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I, I I was thinking of uh, Enrique Iglesias. I don't know if he's even a thing anymore, but I remember his videos back in the day. He had Jennifer Love Hewitt. He had Anna Kornikova. He was in his videos with Adam Sandler. Was another one. I, I was gonna I was, say Adam Sandler. Yeah, 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 he he always seems to find himself opposite whatever Kate Beckinsale, Jennifer Aniston. Whoa. The list goes on. So yeah, it's it's a pretty good little trick to be able to yeah, be that's, the that's good the guy guys. running the production. Yeah. <laughs> That kind of bleeds into the next one here. So, are there any uh, actors in this? Like, did they kind of peak in this movie? You know, was this their uh, the best that they've done? I mean, when you look at, I'm going to say no one. Favreau, he hasn't peaked. This was along the path of his items here. You know, Dustin Hoffman. No, he's been in yeah. multiple things. The only one I could think of really was the kid. You know, MJ, you guys don't even know his name. You can't talk MJ, about him anymore. <laughs> M- MJ Anthony. Oh, I got it now. Right. But uh, I thought that you know this was this was a great role for him. I mean, this was ten years ago. He was so. really good too. Like yeah. like a lot of times you get a kid in a movie, and like the scenes with the kid are. On, you, this is a movie with Dustin Hoffman killing it, Robert Downey Jr. killing it, yeah. John Leguizamo killing it. The big shoes to fill. A lot of times you got a scene with a kid, and it's like okay, now we're dealing with the kid, and it's like it's kind of B level. It's yeah. not though. Like his, his scenes are like arguably the most important part of the movie. Like his connection with Carl. So I, he he did a phenomenal job. As far as Favreau goes as an actor, this was. One of his biggest roles, 
Like I don't, I he's don't want front and center. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say it's his best work because I mean everything we talked about earlier. Like he's he's not even done doing what he's doing. But I, I would probably. I mean, I got to see his whole list, but I would argue it's probably his best role. Like just as far as he's the star. He he went through all this kitchen training, chef training mm-hmm. to be able to pull it off. Like a lot of times he shows up. He's like he's in the replacements. He's one of the side characters in the ensemble. He's in all these different movies. He's he's not usually the the star front and center, right? Like so probably. Obviously, he's had a career with directing and producing and everything else, but like this is probably his best uh, on-screen role, I would to, say. To date, yeah, yeah, I would disagree with that. I, 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 you know, I never thought of it that way. I think you guys make a great point. I mean, he straps this movie on his back; he has to. Yeah, and uh, as an ensemble, tough to beat for yeah. a name recognition, but b how they all play their parts really well to form up this uh, this narrative. You might be able to make a case for he was, Favreau was more impactful, maybe straps the movie on his back in Swingers. That's but the I, one. I don't think so. I think you got to uh, give it to Chef. Yeah. I think you do. Because that's him and Vaughn. Like, he's, I love Swingers. Hopefully, we could do that one day. Um, but him and Vaughn together carry it. Like, this, yes. like, all these, we're talking about this amazing cast. Favreau is the one interacting. It's Favreau and Hoffman. It's Favreau and Leguizamo. Favreau yeah. and. Scarlett Johansson, like it's always him and one of these amazing cast members, and like the whole movie's amazing. Like he's he's great in every scene. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think I would go for him for, for, at least for his acting career. I was trying to like list out some of the Easter eggs that I saw in this movie. Uh, you mentioned the Iron Man. I didn't get that one with them watching <laughs> Iron Man. You know, they mentioned the the Hell's Kitchen reference, the Honey Boo Boo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was a lot. Did you guys pick up anything else besides those that? Um, I mean, nothing major, of course. I mean, this doesn't, it's not part of a bigger universe, so probably not. But sometimes they'll put in like ties to other uh, like real life situations that if you don't know, you don't know, but the director will put it in there for the people that are in the movie. But yeah, I think that was everything I had as far as like little Easter eggs or okay. little things you might not have noticed. Uh, Marty, what was your favorite scene in this movie? That is a tough one, but I don't want to duck the question. My favorite scene in the movie. The knife scene. When he gives the kid the knife? When he buys the kid the knife. In that scene, he invites Percy for real yeah. into the kitchen. That is his invitation. And you think it's a throwaway, but it's not. So I don't, I don't, I think that that, that probably, if I had to pick, which is impossible in this movie, did you have a scene that you like best? Hans? Yeah, I think, I think going on what Marty said, all the scenes with Carl and Percy. Okay. Like there, there's a lot more. There's a lot of color. There's a lot of food in the kitchen that like draw you in and make this movie great. But like at the heart of it, it's Carl and Percy. So for me, it was when Percy was wanting to serve the burnt sandwich, just saying like, "Oh, they didn't pay for it anyway. It's burnt. What does it matter?" And Carl immediately takes him aside. Like you said, Marvin is like, "I got this. Don't worry. Like I know what's happening here." Yep. And like, I've got three kids. The, like I said, the oldest is eight, so we're not yet at the point where uh, Percy was. The whole movie is about Carl and Percy coming closer together. And that's Carl. Like, that's his best parenting right there. It's like, okay, this is something I love. I want to share it with you. But, like, you need to understand that it's important. I want it to be important to you, too. And so, yeah, when he takes him out and teaches him, like, it's not okay to give him burnt food, even if they're not paying for it. Like, you got to take pride in what you do. You got to love it like I do. Like, that's that's my favorite part. So you guys went, like, emotional scenes, like, pivotal to the movie. I went for entertaining. I just love the Robert Downey Jr. Scene. Yeah, no, you like, can't argue with that. <laughs> to, to me, that was, you know, you come in, it was kind of unnecessary to have him in the movie, but because they're friends, he's in there. And uh, I, just, I liked it. Like like we talked about earlier, like he just, he brings that 
Tony Stark with a flair, so to speak. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, that's what I want. I want more of him. I want to see more of him as like small roles in movies. And I don't yeah. care what it is. You know, you, know you, you, you both brought up a really great point. How much of that is scripted? We got to get, we'll pin down John Favreau and say, how much did you write <laughs> we'll for that? We'll call him up later. We'll give him a call. Yeah, yeah we'll, but, get him, we'll get him on the line. Like if, yeah, right. in the hands of a great performer, like we, in this podcast, we've questioned if, Robert Downey Jr. scenes, if there's any improvisation in there, Dustin Hoffman scenes. It's like, if you want to have one of those guys in your movie, just let them cook. Like, like right. not, no pun intended, given the movie we're talking about here, but yeah. like, they, they could pull it off. Did you have any um, favorite, like, quotes in this movie? Anything we haven't talked about already? Well, I read the review before. That that was the best. That, that was just some good writing I there. I, I really enjoyed that, yeah. The, you wouldn't know a good meal if it sat on your face line killed me. Okay. It's not my favorite line in the movie, but two times... Favreau is surprised by Percy. And the first one is, yeah, I already, I already, I already asked my mom. It's done. And Leguizamo chimes in with the voice of the audience going, way to go, little man. Get things done. Because <laughs> that's what the audience is thinking. Second one is the Disney World thing. Yeah. Leguizamo says, which kid in the world doesn't want to go to Disney World? He wants to go to Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, Leguizamo uh, is, my, is my favorite guy. And those are my two favorite things that, that he says because it's clearly what the audience is thinking. I like uh, I like the banter with John and the kid uh, right from the beginning when they're at the they're at the fair and he's like, hey, "Do you like uh, andouille sausage? It's spicy. You like spicy? No, I don't like spicy. It's not, it's not spicy. so spicy." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on, and then the other scene later when uh, like was was driving, that he just put cornstarch on his balls. Oh right? yeah, that he's seems like, great. We didn't like, even you talk put about cornstarch on your balls. Like, can I get some of that? <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? Dude. I just thought that was kind of a good. Again, I think that was something that was probably filmed. And they were like, well, let's just let's see how it plays out. And then they just put it in. All right, well, now it's here we see, Mark, you talked about you've worked in a kitchen before. Never done that, no. Haven't done it? Ask, no. No, no. <laughs> it's not that hot. I mean, these guys are in Miami and the humidity or whatever, um, you know, stuck in a, a food truck for who knows how many days or a week or whatever, getting where they need to go. But no, no. Nowadays, they make other lotions or powders if, uh, if needed. Uh, his credit card was tapped out. He couldn't afford uh, right? no, some gold bonds, so cornstarch. You know what I mean? You got to make hush puppies. I didn't think there was any bathroom break scenes in this. Like, I, There was nothing in here that I was like, oh, this scene drags. I'm going to... I would probably go when the cop shows up with all the picture taken, well, but I know, I know you fact, don't agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. As far as a better title goes, uh, I love the title. I might just throw a the in front of it. Just be like, the chef. But otherwise, sure. yeah. I all I could think of was maybe El Jefe, like mm-hmm. that's the name of the the food truck, and then the the restaurant that he opens at the end. But yeah, like we like a good simple title here, like Warrior. We talked about yeah. already, like Chef. It's like it just gets to the heart of it. It's it's who he is. It's it's like the core of his being, and like so, I think it's a good one. Yeah, agree. I was gonna say if this was worthy of a sequel or prequel, but I'm gonna give a shout out to Pete for this one here. Uh, as I think he might have told you about this too, Terrence, but I didn't know that. Netflix has The Chef Show, yeah, which is a show that John has out there with Chef Roy Choi. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched – so I started watching it. When I watched it, a couple episodes too, yeah. Um, I think I, I finished the first season of it. Like it's okay. Like it's – it's it's. I just – again, I'm I'm all in on John Favreau. So he's over there cooking. He's doing his thing. And uh, I just like listen to him talk. Like he's just someone that – he's just being real. Like he's not trying to put on a show. Yeah, it's, it, the show's got a good vibe. I watched a couple episodes, and it's like they're hanging out. Like they show you bef- whatever they cook. Like they show you all the ingredients real quick. Everything's bright and colorful. They're having just kind of just lighthearted chats. Like it, it's got some humor to it. Yeah. I know that the one I watched with Gwyneth Paltrow. It, that speaking of like 
Carl Casper, he went viral for the whole blow up. Like th- this is where Gwyneth Paltrow went viral for not even knowing she was in Spider-Man. <laughs> like right. that was from the chef show. Favreau right. was talking to her about it. She's like, I wasn't in Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, you were like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, so. like, the end scene where he's got the press conference. It's like, that yeah. was Spider-Man? She's like, that was the Avengers. What are you talking about? It's like, <laughs> she doesn't even know That's so what movie she's in. Uh, I couldn't think of anyone else. I mean, for like alternate castings, I mean, no chance, right? I mean, it's Favreau's movie. It's Favreau's thing. It's not like this was a scripted movie. This was just something he wrote, he directed. Uh, he already brought in the best possible, like, cast. You know, yeah, Leguizamo's cast. perfect for the role. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman's perfect. Like, I don't know. what, what Would you change anything, Marty? Like, I would not. Uh, you could maybe get away with swapping out Russell Brand for uh, – Robert Downey Jr. because Russell Brand's got that that got that you know ten percent crazy about him. Yeah, at uh, least. 10%. But I think that he would have paled in comparison. Yeah, Downey That's, was perfect. Yeah, I, I I got no beef with anybody in this. Like, what are they doing in this movie? No, not at all. I thought that the uh, the soundtrack was nice. You touched upon it a little bit. It was mostly that like Cuban themed mm-hmm. yeah. items, but then like when they did the tour, you get a taste of each kind of region. You know, you get the uh, the brass when they're in New Orleans, you know, and they do a nice version of uh, sexual healing. Like they start. Singing oh yeah. It's a great that, scene that too. That was kind of cool. And the kid's like, what yeah, the he's just looking singing? like what on earth? I, yeah. I like that. There was a scene earlier too, where uh, he's signing Carl up for Twitter. He's like, what do you want your username to be? He's like, Carl. He's like, you can't have Carl like that. You need more than that. And, and he's like, wait, so this is for sex. Ew. <laughs> like That's what it's for. Uh, you spoke about like the culture and the music and everything. I was going to bring up like every year, me and my cousin, we go on a trip. Uh, we're Chicago Bears fans. We go to watch the Bears play a game at a different place every year. Like we go see the game, but honestly, for us, like the biggest thing is the food, like of that okay. location. Like we went to Baltimore, we just ate all kinds of crabs and seafood and everything. We went to Kansas City this past year, eating all the barbecue we could. Like the guy in Texas, where they go and get the the pork butts from, like yeah, they cut through, and they're like, oh, you don't eat your supply. Uh, he's in the chef show as well. Like this oh, okay. an episode with him, and that you see more of what he's about. I'm assuming that's the real guy oh, yeah. that owns like, that restaurant, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah it seemed like it. that is awesome. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't like, seem like an actor. What's his name says? It might have been like it was on. It says these guys stay up all night, stoking those fires, yeah. low and slow. Yep. Yeah, there's <laughs> a whole like, episode. Real he, deal. he talks about like how they get it to where it's at, and now this like how he cooks it, why he cooks it. Like he's a pretty interesting dude, actually. Um, as I think about the music that that underpins many of this movie. Is there a score? Is there background music in this movie at all? It's like the, just the, like the Cuban themed, cause he's making like Cubanos. But those are all songs. Like there's a soundtrack. I, I'll give you that. There's a ton of music in the movie, but there's no like, dun, 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 dun. You know, there's, there's, there's no, some piano. It's some, what, what are they doing? Like Oye Como Va or something at one point. Like it's not like being performed right Oye there. Oye Como Va comes at, is it in the beginning? Cause it is the ending. Where, where the band, at the end, that's right. Sophia, Sophia Vergara's husband, uh, father, yeah, is singing it. Yeah. Got to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, cool. Well, uh, I was going to say if as far as like we talked about the best performance as far as like some of the awards go, but the is this person good at their job award? Um, I think we all agree the cop is probably the one who's like <laughs> probably not good at what <laughs> he's doing. In the chain, yeah. Riding maybe. up on his bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that was pretty funny. Um, so a question that we started uh, before was which character would you be? So for me, I I couldn't. Um, I don't know if there was one in here that I think that I that would relate to me. Just because, like I said, in the kitchen. I mean, I'd love to say that I was like the Leguizamo character because he comes in and he saves the day. But I don't think that's someone that 
like it's it's hard to stay when you're in a kitchen like i was saying or you've been cooking it's hard to stay that positive all the time yeah you know what i mean because you get busy you get doing things i didn't really place myself in any of these characters that i was like oh this would be me this is what i would do you know i think we can relate to maybe favreau as a dad like missing those opportunities that you realize too late you're like oh man if i go back if i could do it again i'd want to be this type of person i related a ton to favreau's character um not only from the perspective of the father-son thing like wanting to teach your son and be a good dad and everything like that that would be what i would choose what about you marty I could not imagine myself being as cool as Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I would love to think I would drop everything and jet, you know, and get help a friend in my ass. Yeah, yeah. Because my man is going to get in a food truck. I would love to think I would do that. I would aspire to be John Leguizamo, but I don't think that I. I don't. I never saw myself on the screen, which is fine, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not Batman either. More's the pity, but I'm not Batman either. Not that we can uh, prove. That's exactly anything. what Batman would say. That's what Bruce Wayne would say right yeah. now. Just, <laughs> He's not Batman. Yeah. Dude, hmm. you know, you Jury's cop? still out. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. All right, yeah, I think I think we're on the same page, Marty. You and I with that with that piece. But did we miss anything in this movie? I know we talked about it for 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 a little bit of time. Did anything? We skip over anything you guys had. I feel like we covered it pretty well. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear how much all three of us love this movie. It's 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 just such a good movie to return to. Like I, I, one thing I like about this movie is like we talked about a villain like Ramsey Michelle, the critic is sort of the villain of the movie. Dustin Hoffman's a little bit of the villain at the beginning, but like there's not it's not like a build up to a big like final battle or anything like that. Like it's just a feel good movie. Like it's there's the conflict in the beginning and then it's just like let the good times roll. Laissez la bon temps rouler. Like they go to New Orleans. Like, <laughs> like he's connecting with his son. He's connecting with people through his food. And like, there's not a whole lot of conflict after those initial scenes. I wouldn't want that for every movie, but everything in this movie is so good. All the characters, all the, all the, the close-ups of the food and the stuff in the kitchen, all the stuff with the father and the son that like, you don't need a big conflict. You don't need like a huge resolution. Like, yeah, he gets the restaurant at the end, but like that seems almost extraneous. Like it's, it's, great they could have ended it before that where like they just it's obvious they're successful with the food truck and, and that's he's it. closer with his son and like the, it could have ended there so like yeah yeah it's, it's it's interesting in that respect that there's not some big resolution not so big some big conflict it's just just a good movie to come back to like you could put it on at any point and be like oh now they're in new orleans oh i love the scene oh now now they're uh they're opening the restaurant now they're listening to the music and eating the barbecue in texas like it's, you could drop it at any point, and this movie's good. There's a scene that he's 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 he hasn't gotten the food truck yet. He's down and out, uh, John Favreau, and he stops and he watches a street performer. And there's a puppet, the puppet. Yeah, I love a that marionette. Yeah. And if you don't, I mean, I think I think this is Favreau clubbing the audience over the head with, "Are you watching this?" Are you watching the chef say, "I am never going to be a puppet anymore. Yep. I am never ever." Gonna mm. go ahead and have my strings pulled by some yahoo, Dustin Hoffman, right? Who doesn't know jack about nothing. I'm gonna do it my way. And he is just, it's actually a fairly long scene for what it is. I am never gonna be a puppet on a string for anybody. And, yep. and his return to his, like, forget it. I, I let the chips fall where they may. I'm gonna return to my passion. I'm gonna make Cubanos and we're gonna have a food truck. And that's just gonna be it. I think the only underlying theme of this that we missed was just. Be social media responsible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Thanks, guys, for uh, for being on the show today. This was uh, this was fun. It's a good movie, of course. 
So if, if you're still listening to the show at this point down, you know, if you haven't seen Chef, I'm sure you have, but, you know, check it out. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll put the details in the in the show description. So thank you, Marty. Thank you, Terrence, thank as you. always. Thank you. That and, was great. Uh, all right, we'll catch you guys next time.